Hello! Happy Sunday! We're talking about more predictions from the experts this week. You know how they always like to give their predictions. So they have some predictions for the second half of the, you know, the real estate market. And I have my own predictions because the jobs market came out and it's already still good. So we'll talk about that a little bit further. But this week, I'm super excited. I have a guest on, you guys probably know, but I haven't had him on in forever. He kind of like, he's kind of been lurking in the shadows, but he's ready to come back. And I'm very excited. Everybody welcome with a big round of applause, Javier Vaidana. <laughs> see, it was a round, a round applause. You see? Oh, you're. I'm you're just muted. kidding. I knew you were that. Same uh, joke. Same joke. You're like a dad. Oh <laughs> uh, man! Thank you so much for the lovely introduction. I appreciate it. Of course, it's so good to see you. I'm so glad you're back. I know, right? Because I mean, I have been kind of half half budding videos, but haven't really been clicked into the YouTube scene that much. So, well, you, so you've been doing back. family stuff, though. That's nah, that's what people that's what people say, but reality is just you know other reasons. What's going what? on, everybody? <laughs> There's a uh, 77 uh, 77 people on here, and everybody's excited that you're here. Yep. Hello from Arizona. People are they know they know you, dude. They know you. You may have you may have taken a little like schnoozeville in that YouTube land. People still remember you. You're not forgotten. Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> All right. So I sent you an article a couple of days ago, and it came from Investopedia. Not like that's like the biggest real estate you know, source for information. But this was a pretty decent article that was talking about the second half of the housing market. So Eddie's going to pull that up on the screen and we're going to talk. We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it, Havi. <laughs> what to expect from the housing market in the second half of 2023. All right. It's by Megan, Meg Cunningham. She put it out on July 4th. Here we go. Eddie's going to scroll down for us. All right. The outlook of the housing market in the second half of the year comes down to two familiar words, mortgage rates. In the first half, rates kept housing in the state of suspended animation as borrowing costs priced out prospective buyers, while homeowners with mortgage rates of 3% or less are unwilling to sell and face and face having to borrow for their next home that some is getting closer to 7%. All right. Eddie, scroll past the takeaways. Blah, blah, blah. All right. Despite high demand and home prices, they are now starting to fall. The market is still relatively sluggish at this point in the year with historic peaks. While the new construction is rising to meet some of the demand for single family homes, it won't be enough to meet the current uh, market needs. You are in Arizona. You see a lot of new construction. What do you think about this uh, so far? Um. I think it's every time I read an article, it's like, oh, what side are you on? Are you trying to scare people or are you trying to encourage people? And I think uh, not I'm holding my opinion till I get to the, the like middle end because I'm like, OK, they sometimes they set you up and they make it sound a certain way and then they whack you. So I'm going to keep listening. You read. OK, <laughs> so uh, what can your homebuyers expect for the latter half of 2023? While the Federal Reserve is expected to continue to raise rates throughout the end of the year, industry leaders foresee mortgage rates dropping and home buying sub subsequently. Oh, I got that right. word. <laughs> picking up as home prices fall to affordable affordability improves. OK, I have to stop right here real quick, Eddie, because this is one of those things. Home prices have not dipped enough 
to make affordability. So their their whole their whole thing they keep saying, well, if the if the mortgage rates uh, rates drop, that means that there increases affordability. Home prices are extremely high, 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 high. Like homes that before the pandemic that were at 200,000 are now at 400,000. It doesn't matter if the interest rates at zero, they can't afford that. That payment is going to be too high. The only way I feel like we can get out of this is more home construction for more affordable homes. To for this sure. day, I don't know if you're like this, but to this day, anything that's below that median range in your area is still getting uh, price bidding awards. That's what we get. If you have a low income or lower than the median cost home in your areas, it's still getting a lot of uh, a lot of traction on it. Yeah, that's and that's the problem in itself. And you hit the nail on the head with the affordable housing right now because now the there's always a starter range home, and the, right mm -hmm. now in Phoenix, the starter range is like mid three hundreds to early four hundred, like low four hundreds. So mm -hmm. that's a payment about mid two thousand dollars. So mm -hmm. the problem is, you know, they, the people keep talking about, oh, you know, the rates need to go lower, and if they go lower, but people are also saying if they do go lower, it's going to affect things. Honestly, the people that that are already priced out are priced out regardless if the rates drop down to five points there's already a large group of people that have been priced out so Correct. the rates need to reduce not to bring people in because there's there's already a huge issue with in my opinion investors ruined it completely just ruined it for everybody when they came in because guess what investors are not buying like like higher tier houses or luxury houses mm -hmm investors are buying those first-time home buyer houses so they've right. already came in they've drove in prices up for the last few years and now we need to reduce the rates to empower the buyers that are buying but also to empower the other people to actually make the move because the reality is there's a lot of people that can no longer afford in main cities they need to get out they need to go to other smaller cities they need to be encouraged to kind of spread the wealth around the country and that way we can stop like hyper fixating in certain cities and kind of spread it out i concur all right, I pulled that article up. We're still we're still reading there. Hello from Austin, Texas. And she is so right. Thank you, Madeline. <laughs> Thank you. All right, Eddie, pull that article back up for us, please. I appreciate it. Um, you're singing my song, by the way. You pretty much echo what I always say. <laughs> All right, still a few uh, here. The, the Federal Reserve is signaled that more rate hikes may be in store for the end of the year. But once the hike rates slow or stop, affordability concerns will slow and start to ease. I, I disagree with it. I'm going to tell you right now, every time the job market comes out, the the Federal Reserve cringes because they their expectation with increasing uh, the rate every time they're expecting the jobs market to tank. Matter of fact, Jerome Powell had said that he was wanting to eliminate a million jobs and he wanted to eliminate a million more. The, the, their their hope is that that we suffer so that the economy can get back on track but it's not working the way that they anticipated with the raising of rates they wanted jobs to be like a good portion of jobs to be eliminated that didn't happen he even said at that time once jobs once uh people lose their job more people lose their job affordability in the housing market will will uh return nobody's losing their job not enough people are losing their job and affordability isn't there. His plan was to make people suffer enough that they couldn't pay their mortgage so they would have to sell their house and then it would make it more affordable to everybody else that could afford a home. Terrible plan, by the way. Anyways, it means that affordability will start to improve, but not drastically. I don't believe that. 
Ex uh, experts see mortgage rates heading for a more stable path as inflation is expected to continue to cooling as mortgage rates are expected to decline. Another peak anticipated for June, but Hale predicts that it could be a final uptick before conditions begin to even out. If the interest rates continue to go down, what happens when with home prices in those in the smaller home sector when when interest rates go down? What happens? Uh, well, they say that the, when the interest rates go down, that they get more competitive, and that brings up values. Yeah, exactly. When you have lower interest rates, that all it but does. But do you is think that will happen though this time around? And then, I don't think for the bigger houses. I don't think that for those big mansion houses, I don't think that's going to happen because there's so many. They've built so many over the last, what, since the last housing crash. The only houses they've really been building are those those really huge houses. They haven't been building the smaller ones. Those smaller ones are the ones that are going to get hit the hardest. Yeah. Yeah, with with increased uh, and, and rate. But those those bigger houses are the ones that are going to have to take a price reduction, not not those little baby houses, mm -hmm. which we need. Uh, we think that June will be another temporary peak in mortgage rates, and we'll see them gradually ease to 6.7% range, then been recently down to the near sixes at the end of the year, like hovering around six, uh, Hale said. So they were saying 5%. Remember, they were saying, oh, by the end of this year, it'll be 5%. Now they're saying six. Uh, the evening out around six will help home buyers who are willing to be who have been waiting on the sidelines to re-enter the market, according to the National Association of Realtors, Lawrence Hewn. But uh, it will not be enough to ease the lack of inventory just yet. That's the problem. Why and why home prices have not like dropped drastically like the the housing crash bureaus kept saying we do not have enough inventory this is the same thing i've been saying for the last two and a half years if you're expecting a big crash in the housing market there isn't enough houses on the market and there isn't enough uh foreclosures and if you think the airbnb is going to save you it's not like we just don't have enough homes Hmm. All right. That will be the boost in both the housing demand and supply. But for homeowners who have mis mishoused, i.e. the new fam new child in the family, new job, another part of town, but are unwilling to sell due to the locked-in rates, the cost of the move may become more less costly with falling mortgage rates. Oh, so because of falling mortgage rates, that's going to make people move? Oh, I don't know. Yoon said that in a statement provided to Investopedia. <laughs> What do you think? Oh, thank you, Mike, for becoming a new member. Uh, you you get a nice little emblem whenever you're in the live stream that everybody knows that you're you're a valued member to to the um, channel. I appreciate you. Thank you. Welcome to the family. Yes, welcome to the, the family. Those, those five dollars you're taking from me every, for the last two years, I still am a member. Do you know? Is he a member of your your channel? Well, I was a member. Yeah, I don't know. I think actually I'm not anymore. I think. <laughs> I'm still a member of your channel. <laughs> All right. So here's the thing. I just, I, I don't, I think the Fed is going to raise rates one more time. And I don't think uh, mortgage interest rates are going to fall in line like they think. I don't, I do not believe that they're going to go in the sixes. I think by the end of the year, we're going to be high again. That's what I think. What do you think, Javier? I hope so. Um, I mean, there there's a lot of people that agree with you that saying that we might even go to eight. Um, but I really hope that we're down to six. Like I said, it's like 
the rates need to, uh, I don't know what needs to happen anymore, but I know that right now the people that are actually looking, because there's still a lot of people looking to buy, would feel better if those rates were to cool down a bit and it would probably encourage more people to buy. Um, and then hopefully it would then encourage people, more people to move and it'll just be a create a positive chain effect. But, you know, that's be positive. You're probably right. It'll probably go up to mid sevens or eight. Um, I wanted to, like, I'm noticing in the comments, I'm reading off to the side that some people have been bringing up Airbnbs and I've, I've spoken about this, but I want to have your take on what Airbnbs are. I wonder if we're on the same page. <laughs> so go ahead. Oh, sure. Like, cause everybody's like, Oh, this is gonna, what, you know, this is going to take the housing market. So what do you, what is your take on this? Uh, first off, I hate Airbnbs in general. I remember they used to be great like a few years ago. And then now it's like, first of all, they're looking at me naked through private cameras. Secondly, like it's just like, what's up with these $300, $400 cleaning fees? Like I might as well go to a hotel, right? Mm -hmm. So um, I think that, and then the, like I live in an area that's behind an Airbnb, in front of an Airbnb and next to an mm -hmm. Airbnb. So I hate Airbnbs. That being said, I think it's great that there's going to be a lot of people that invested into them that are now going to have to eat shit and going to have to sell or, or figure out another solution because there's too many of them. However, the the it's I think um, the person who made these claims that there's going to be a giant massive housing crash is the same person that's been making this claims for the every last three years. So um, I just always take that with the grain of salt. I it's going to affect things. Don't get me wrong. And it's going to be mm. interesting to see what happens, but it's just when someone stands in a soapbox and decides to yell it really loud and causes this commotion, it kind of gets away from the actual message, which is, Hey, this, there might be some new inventory coming in the market. But the problem with that is this, when there is an Airbnb listing, it sells like quick because mm -hmm. buyers love Airbnb listings. Every time mm -hmm. I've shown one, people are like, this is cleaned every week. I all the, mm -hmm. all the furniture is usually included those things sell so quick and so fast and they sell for way more. So Maybe. the fact that there's going to be all, I, I would love to get nothing but Airbnb listing because those are super easy to sell. And I think that would be great for the market, but the effect of it has been greatly just exaggerated know, on steroids. Like I'm talking like liver King steroids is super Jack. Like it's like way inflated, not even close to where, where it's going to actually affect things. Alex, thank you so much for the 9.99 super chat. I appreciate it. It helps uh, the channel exponentially. If you have a question, please put it in the uh, in the chat because you didn't. You just you just give me a nice little tip. You didn't you didn't want to ask any questions. <laughs> yes, I do love affordable housing. Um, so when it comes to the Airbnb thing, I want I want to circle back to this because if you I want you like people to pull up the real numbers. I'm not like making this up. Maybe Eddie could do this. But there isn't that many Airbnbs throughout the United States. Like you're like people are expecting it to be, you know, like five to 10 million homes that are Airbnbs. And there isn't even if there was a good portion of those Airbnbs are also like really big properties. Right. So they're like a five bedroom house. So that isn't going to help the affordability crisis. Right. And a well, lot of those yeah. people. But mm -hmm. a lot of those people also will take those short term rentals and turn them into long term rentals. They'll just they'll just end up having it instead of like a weekly thing. You're going to, you can rent, like rent it for a month, you know, month to month, they'll do it as a long-term rental or they'll sell it. And if they're the smaller ones, like you said, they'll sell so fast, so fast. Cause there isn't those small houses. So I don't think it's going to make a, like, a, I don't think the housing market's going to suffer if a bunch of Airbnbs get on the market. If anything, it's going to help it. Uh, it's, you know, it's fascinating. The, like the housing market crash last time it happened, um, 
who was reporting news? CNN, like the main media, right? There was never there maybe independent blogs or something. But it, if something were to happen and something were to crash or adjust, it would just be so fascinating to look at the real time because we have like thousands of people wanting so desperately to be the next Michael Burry to be the one that called the housing market crash before it happened. That there's like almost it's so interesting. Now there's so many people trying to call things out and. I think we need to, I mean, home buyers or people just looking into the real estate game, we need to do a better job of looking at the data as it presents itself instead of focusing on these people that are so desperate to be the next Michael Burry and call the next crash. Because I think we, we give these people and these these headlines too much attention and we need to be focusing on the data that we have in front of us now when we're mm -hmm. making these, these key decisions. Agreed. Alex said, uh, I heard uh, cash buyers now make up 40% of the market compared to 20% baseline. Is that an increase in cash buyers or just a huge drop in buyers with a mortgage? Who said that? Uh, Alex mom. did. No, but I mean, who, who did you hear that from? Because here we've dropped from 28% to like 19%. Um, I guess like on average. So uh, a third of home buyers are paying cash. One a third of home buyers are paying cash. They're still paying cash. Look at that. Look at that. And I want everybody to know, I think more than 50% of the United States actually owns their home outright. Not everybody has a mortgage. I, you know, people need to be aware of that. I, you know, like places like Florida are, uh, are the, one of the places I'm concerned with because of their um, insurance. So many people can't get insurance and it's increased so much. So Redfriend says that 33.4% of purchases in April were made up in cash, up from 30.7% a year earlier in the similar to February 33.5% share. Overall home sales through uh, though were down 41% from a year earlier, um, earlier in April in a 40 most popular populous metro areas. Let me just, that, that's kind of weird because they're saying, oh yeah, well, home sales are down. Well, there isn't any inventory for people to buy. That's why the home sales are down. No one is selling. No one's selling. The typical down payment in April was uh, $52,500. Holy cow. Holy cow. Down 18%. The second biggest drop in May of 2020. Who has $52,000 just laying around for a house? I mean, I guess if you're buying your second house. Dang, that's a lot of freaking money. But you know what? What is it like? So a 20% down payment on a $400,000 house because the median's like right under 400,000. Wouldn't that be with the closing costs? Wouldn't that be 52,000, 20% mm -hmm. yeah. closing costs? If you guys yeah. can hear that's rain, my house, like it is pouring. Is it? Yeah, I don't know if you can it's hear like, it. It's like the death in Arizona right now. It's just like burning. It's on fire. It's, it's just, you go outside and your lips immediately just dry up and they crack. It's just it's so hot. It's like 115 or something. We haven't had a rain in a week. So this is like, it's, I'm sure it's going to feel like a sauna when I come out of here. <laughs> It says, question, is it difficult to secure a mortgage on a fixed income like, like long-term disability or SSDI? That's a great Pop question. Um, I don't think it's too difficult. I think, it, I mean, all when I see long-term disability and SSDI, I just see it's like consistent income, which those are the easiest mortgages. The problem is, is that they don't give you enough to actually be able to afford in a popular area. So as long as you live in an area where houses aren't too expensive, it's it's an easy loan to do. It's just the affordability that comes with it uh, as the issue. Yeah. Like in the, uh, the biggest problem for uh, that kind of income and it's not qualifying. You could probably qualify. It's finding 
a home in the price range that you would be able to afford it. Yeah. That, that would be the biggest Qualifying issue. Qualifying is easy for because it's it's fixed income. It's super easy. Yeah, it's right. Like, man, it's like raining really hard. Oh, I know. I should open a window so you guys can. One time that I was on here, it was so bad. Like, this is bad. But, like, it was so bad I couldn't even hear myself. And I was like, oh, oh my God. <laughs> you, you should just say this is the housing market just crashing down on you. Yeah, it's the, it's the housing market crashing. <laughs> <laughs> JK says, um, JK, that rhymes. Uh, is Baton Rouge real estate market still busy or is it just slowing, uh, starting to slow? Same question for Phoenix. So in Baton Rouge, we're, I would say, in a more level uh, housing market. Um, there's buyers and there's sellers. The problem, of course, is that we can't, there isn't enough affordable homes. Um, some of the homes that would have been considered affordable a few years ago are like really expensive. There's still buyers out there. We just, we don't have a lot of inventory. I would say it's, um, it's not back to where it was in 2019. Um, it's, that was more level than we are here, but, um, it's definitely a lot slower than it was at the peak during the, you know, the panda pandemonium, you know? Yeah. It's a different kind of busy. It's, uh, um, yeah. instead of sprinting, it's more of an endurance run. Uh, it's just not, it's not too crazy, but it's still hard, difficult. I'm so sorry about the rain noise. <laughs> There's nothing I can do about that. You got to talk to the weather guy that's rain yeah sorry about that <laughs> i don't know i think you have i think you have eddie just oh my god he's got a giant super, dollars chat. super chat that's from johnny O. every week he comes in and supports the channel and i appreciate you. Thank, you thank you so much johnny uh i always like i'm always flabbergasted when he comes in every week and like drops a hundred for me it's, it's such a such a nice thing to do i appreciate you so much his, thank his you his wife is like why is four hundred dollars going to this christina smallhorn every month <laughs> what's going on um, maybe maybe it's his wife maybe maybe it's knows. the wife using johnny o's account maybe. never know, dude. <laughs> maybe. yeah oh so 20 percent of 400k is 80 80 000 so it's 10 percent down yeah yeah, math, so if you were getting an FHA down. loan with 10% down, that'd be around $52,000. Thank you. Yeah. My math, that's why I always send everything to the lender. My math isn't good. <laughs> if I don't have a calculator in front of me, I'm never going to make it. <laughs> never. Do you remember the teacher said, you're not going to go walk around with a calculator in your pocket. I Every time I pull up my phone, I'm like, remember that, Miss Jackson? Remember that? I have it in my pocket always. <laughs> They were wrong. <laughs> My son's mother has a question. It says, Social Security is $20,000 in income in Kansas City and Oklahoma. Electricity, no bills. What amount do you guess I qualify for? I would, I'm not a lender. I would not even know. For $20,000 a year? For is a that year? Mo monthly or yearly? I can tell you. Um, I can tell you what you should budget for, but I don't know what you qualify for. Twenty right. k a year or monthly? I'm assuming. I'm assuming Social Security is twenty k a year. Okay, so basically, what you would do is you you get fifty percent of your monthly gross income, and then you subtract any any credit card, any credit payments you have, which would be zero. So for mm -hmm. you, twenty thousand divided by twelve, that would be half of that would be like eight hundred. So by 833 is what you would qualify for. However, 
you should budget for for you to be around 28% of your gross income. So your budget is probably more like five or $600, but you qualify up to 833 around there. Yeah. So it's a year. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, I mean, it's tough. <laughs> so well, 20, 20K a, a month, I'll, I'll retire. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be a nice, uh, yeah, you sweet. don't know. Like, so no, yeah. So apparently no car payment. He doesn't have any electricity or anything else. Yeah. I mean, that's going to be what, low hundreds, low hundred thousand dollar qualification. I think I haven't seen that in a while. Mm -hmm. My yep. first house I bought was $80,000 at a $600 payment. My first, uh, my first house payment was twelve hundred dollars because I had a seven point five interest rate, and I was terrified, terrified. I was like, "That is so much money," and now that would be like a wish. <laughs> now Johnny sends that to you every week. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, V Man says if uh, I had like fifty thousand or hundred thousand cash, isn't it better to hold on to your cash instead of putting it down on your first house, save it for a rainy day? What do you say? <laughs> No, okay. Paz was about to say, I'm really curious to see what she says. Um, it depends on your philosophy. I would not. So first of all, I would I would question and say, do you have 50K or 100K cash? Or like, do you not? I want to make sure you have an emergency fund set up first. If you don't have an emergency fund set up, you need to set that up now. So let's say your emergency fund is six months reserves. I don't know. Let's imagine it's 20K. So then I would question you and I would say, you don't have 50 or 100K. You have either 30 or 80K because you need to put 20K aside. And that's money you don't touch. Now, that being said, your housing fund is different than your actual entire savings. Whenever someone gives me their entire savings, I'm like, no, I don't want to know about that. Give me your housing fund. So it depends. Like if that question is based off a principle of you not doing it correctly. I want to know what your housing fund would be and what's your savings you have set up aside from that. But not only that, you need a rain, rainy day, uh, you know, just like you're doing now. You need a rainy day fund aside from your reserve because when you move in, there's going to be repairs that pop up. You need to save at least a month or two just to have. So that whole, I would question that whole line of thinking before just answering that. You know what I'm saying? I used to tell first time home buyers at least have uh, at least about, you know, three to $5,000 off to the side after you move in, because you're going to want a new curtains. You're going to want to repaint. You're going to want a new blinds. You're going to want, you know, you're going to start changing stuff as soon as you move in. As much as you say, no, I love it just the way it is. When you when you buy a house, especially if someone else has lived in it before, you start changing things pretty quickly. Things that don't, oh, look, the rain stopped. Oh, thank God. Well, you're, you're, you know, you're special because there's a lot of buyers out there that think they're Bob the Builder and they want to remodel everything when they move in, but then they never do anything. So, um, I so I, if you actually do change things, you're 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 a special case because not everyone gets around to it. My first house, I that's all Eddie and I did from the time we owned it was always doing something every freaking Good weekend. There was some project, but it was it like I was so tired of it. I was like, I want my next house, and I I feel like I earned the right. I'm like, my next house, I want it brand new, so I don't have to have a weekend project every single weekend. I am so. It's so fun though. It's a part of the fun. <sighs> No, the fighting with little children, not good. I don't I don't recommend it. <laughs> his name his name is Eddie, not little children. Um, no, I mean like with little kids around. I mean we have babies know, at the time. I, I was I was grouting. I was grouting. So I have like, a question for you. Huh. Okay. 
So mm-hmm. lately there's on the Twitter, there's been a lot of people that have been mm-hmm. making these like sensational posts about that they're so sick of hearing people say that renting is throwing your money away. And there's been a lot more people championing this idea that right. renting is not throwing your money away, that it should it's actually empowering. And of it's course, you know, realtors always up. yeah, realtors always go, Oh, it's crap, right? So what what are your thoughts on that? So I just did a video on Wednesday about this. Matter of fact, Javier, I don't know if you've seen it, but um, it's a it's a new narrative they're trying to feed younger generations that you don't you don't want to own a home. You never want to own a home because you're going to have to deal with you know taxes and repairs and all this stuff. It's such a hassle to own a home. You really don't want a home. And they keep feeding this. They've been doing this quite a bit. Matter of fact, like if you look at some of the advertising for these build to rent communities. It's really quite disgusting. I feel like I'm in a virtual reality. What With owning a home, you have stability in the fact that that home in, in just a few years has gained equity. At any time in your life, if you need to borrow against the equity in your house, you're going to be able to do that. There is a uh, financial stability to have your own place to live. I, there always is going to be a group of people that never want to own a home and nor should they be forced to own a home. But there's a good portion right now that would love to own a home. They, I mean, honestly love to own a home, but the only thing that's available to them is corporate invested owned properties that are build to rent communities. And they're paying like $2,500 in rent to rent the dream instead of own the dream, even though they have the down payment, they have the uh, the good income, they have the good credit, but there's nothing in the area for them to buy, but there certainly is for them to rent. Corporate investors have ruined the housing market. And um, yeah, I think they're selling a new bag of goods to make it more palatable to people, but I think it's all propaganda bull crap. So you think they're like trying to make it more acceptable so people don't feel because there's a guilt and shame associated with renting especially you know my generation the people that are, I, i'm i'm not the i'm like 30 so i'm talking like mid-20s mid-30s um people that were never able to buy they have to rent right so they there's a lot of shame and guilt so they're trying to empower them to make them feel not too bad i, I there there's nothing wrong with renting there's absolutely i mean i rented for years of course eddie and i rented there's nothing wrong with it the what's wrong currently is the fact that they're trying to make this sound better. Like renting is better than owning because you don't have anything to worry about. And that's not the case. Like if they just built affordable homes, because a lot of those homes, they were just brand new built, but they're owned by corporate investors. There are plenty of buyers out there would have loved to bought that. The whole entire subdivisions are made just for rental properties. I guarantee you, if you had taken that whole entire neighborhood and turned it into like a single family dwelling that people could purchase, they would have purchased them. And the, the like the article that I um, highlighted in that last video, the girl said, I was looking for months and months and months. I couldn't find anything to rent. And now, I mean, anything to purchase, even though I have a good job and I have the down payment, there just isn't anything available. So she's stuck in renting because there isn't anything in her area. Nothing. That's messed up. That's, that's messed up. And I think it's by design because I mean, like our builders keep complaining, like, oh, we, we just don't, the, Building materials are too expensive, but blah, blah, blah. But they're not too expensive and they have no problem finding land for corporate investors, but they do have to build single family homes for people to purchase. Something's off. Something's off. Mm-hmm. It's all the design. Design. I think it, they, they're they purposely trying to make us into a renter's nation. I think that's the uh, 
the design. Get my tinfoil hat. <laughs> That's my tinfoil hat. I think it's by design. Yeah. Somebody says the oh nothing be be happy crowd. The oh oh nothing be happy crowd. Yeah, yep. I get it. I get it. And it's just it's tough right now. It is. That rain stopped. Thank God, man. That was loud. Sorry. I didn't, I didn't mean for that to happen. <laughs> what kind of chair is that? It looks like a marshmallow. It's uh, like, you know, it's one of those ergonomic chairs, you know, like those ones that, hit, you know, when you get when you get to my age, you need things that like have back support and, and you know, helps your tailbone because, you know, the bones are aching. You know, you can't like, do things as much as you could. When your age, like 35, 36? <laughs> I was told that I was an old hag on my last video. So, because I said in my 50 years of life, and the lady's like, 50? I thought she was like 60. And I'm like, oh, damn, I hope I look like this when I'm 60. <laughs> so, whatever. Whatever. People are funny. Byron Thomas said, when you are talking about inventory on the market, are you talking about uh, houses that are listed in the MLS? Yeah. So inventory is the homes that are available, right? So normally this time of year, we have about six months supply of homes that would be available. That's how they figure it out. Right. And I think we have less than two months supply of homes on the market right now. What do you, what do you have? Uh, we are, I think at three last I check, I can pull it up. Yeah. We were like at two or three. Um, I don't know. Yeah, like a normal healthy market's just under six months supply. I haven't seen it in a while. That's crazy. Really, six months supply? So yeah. there's like 5,000 sales and 25,000 listings? Mm hmm. I want to own. Yeah. I think most people want to own. Um, owning equals equity. Yep. That's, that's the thing is, I mean, ownership. We have to also acknowledge that buying a house sucks right now. It's really hard. It uh, is people that haven't, and it's, it, it's uh, very difficult and it's very discouraging. And then my thing is I don't like when people are discouraged from, I mean, first of all, all the people that, that got discouraged the last two years, you can, you know, they, they're in a tough spot now because they decided to wait. Right. But you know, it is tough and it is difficult and we need to make it easier to buy, to own a house. But at the same time that involves sellers like having to reduce their equity, which they don't want to do. So we're like in the stalemate right now between buyers and sellers and, it's just not nobody wins except the corporations that bought all these houses up over the last two years. The haves and have nots. Emily Green says, I want to own, but my husband and I can't find jobs to earn enough to buy and own a home. And you know, what's even crazier, Emily. There's people that do have like they could purchase the house. They could. But and they have excellent credit and everything. They have a down payment. There just isn't anything in their price range. The median price of a home is just under $400,000. That's a lot of money. That's over a quarter of a million dollars. That's a lot of money. And, um, you know, once the solution that was brought up was a 40-year mortgage, I don't think that's a good idea. What do you, how do you feel about a 40-year mortgage? I don't think it's a good idea, but I think that car dealerships did something similar when they decided to do six, you know, 60 month and then 72 month um, loans and it's all it does is increase the price though so it, when they only did 15 or 20 year mortgages as soon as they boosted up to 30 year mortgages that what happened the prices of homes went up it's terrible and it's going to it's going to make interest like just it's going to do two things three things it's going to make it more difficult for buyers because they're going to have to pay a lot more interest over the life of the loan 
but it's going to make the bonds or the, the actual mortgage bonds more attractive to people because they actually make more and you know interest over time and then all but it's also going to make things more affordable and unfortunately that's going to be a solution that's going to be i think pitched to us in the next one or three years and i think there's going to be an uproar but people are going to eventually accept it and it's my prediction that you know five years from now 40-year mortgages will be very common and um it's just going to be very unfortunate for people they brought like they've tried 40-year mortgages since i've been a real estate agent three times and they've never stuck they never stuck i i just have a feeling it's gonna i think it's gonna stick around it's if these terrible. home prices don't drop they will yeah exactly if the prices don't drop they will they will because that's the only because i mean we're going what twenty five hundred dollars a month in phoenix right now if it's mm -hmm. a 40-year mortgage drops to 17 or 1800 that immediately brings in a ton more people that can actually afford it where they should now should they be buying that's another problem but if that brings it down $1,800 a month. I don't think everyday people will look at the amount of interest they're going to pay over time. I think they're mm -hmm. just going to look at that 1800 number and be like, I'll do it. But unfortunately, it's up, to, it's, it's up to people like you and I to educate them to not do it. But I think a lot of people are going to go for it. Yeah. So like, uh, you know, Dave, I talked about this on um, Bigger Pockets. <laughs> I always want to call it deeper pockets. I don't know why, but bigger pockets. But they, uh, Dave Ramsey's is like, if you can't buy a home with a 15 year mortgage, you shouldn't own one. Wait 20% <laughs> down. Yeah. 15 year mortgage, 20% down. No credit. And you have to have like six month reserve. Yeah. You, like you, you, you shouldn't own, you should never have a credit card. You should never have anything on your credit report, but buy a house. You can't let me, let, just let me, Javier, can you buy a house if you've never had anything on your credit report? No. <laughs> no. Having no credit whatsoever is actually worse than having bad credit because then you can fix it, you know? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Dave is, is uh, but then of course, his biggest moneymaker is his agent referral service, right? So that's like a whole nother yeah. conspiracy there. So, yeah. Well, he wants, he's, a he he's a grifter. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't, anybody that uh, is a, a fan of his, I'm sorry. He's a grifter. <laughs> Dan T says, uh, Christina, your video build to rent is great. I have uh, tweeted it, it to some representatives in California and requested their for their attention. I appreciate that. Matter of fact, that video itself about that last one I put out on Wednesday was actually given to me by a subscriber. They sent it to me and they said, what do you think about this? And I was hot mad, hot mad. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm breaking this thing down one by one. I took the whole video down and broke it down and had my commentary on it. I, I enjoyed getting that done because I really like, uh, I love the pull back the curtain kind of thing. Like, you know, you like the Wizard of Oz, you pull back the curtain. It's just this pathetic old man. Well, there's just, we pull back the curtain and we see nothing but old men that have Vanguard on their uh, polo shirts and BlackRock and big investment firms on their shirts. They're, and they're not pathetic. They're just jerks. <laughs> oh, living in Omaha, says David. Uh, I think that the capital gain tax incentive holiday is if an investor sells to an occupant, owner occupant, they don't get paid capital gains tax. Ooh, that would be awesome. So what he's saying is that like for investors, when they have equity in a home, um, and instead of like pulling that money out, usually they take that equity and buy another pro property. Instead of that happening, if you sell it to a, a person instead of an, another investment company, you wouldn't have to pay those capital gains taxes. What do you think about that? I don't think that's a good idea. I think uh, we don't, um, 
maybe if we cap the amount of money they make, but that I can see anytime you give them an inch, they take a mile. I can see people taking advantage of that by, oh, okay, we don't have to pay capital gains. So let's uh, actually increase the price. So that way, uh, you know, we're, we can make a little more money off everything else. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know if, if, mm. if, if I'm understanding that correctly, he's saying that it's the idea that if an investor owns a place, they can sell it to an actual owner occupant and not pay capital gains as opposed to paying what 30, 35% or something. Right. right. Um, that I don't think will motivate more investors to sell. I think that will make investors take advantage of the situation and make more money off people. They're going to buy buying these houses for that intention to mm -hmm. sell to owner occupant houses and they're going to buy them, hold them and then sell them um, intentionally. You know, I don't see that. Uh, I don't think we should give investors more, more, more uh, outs. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I just I need think? to increase supply right now. I think is a is a it's something at least to try. You know, like I'm not saying it for forever. Like, what if we had like a like a holiday, like a six month holiday during during the peak of selling season? So like the beginning of spring break, all the way to the end of August it would be a break for capital gains investors to sell their properties. Maybe why, why I think a day of a holidays would be good for maybe it's someone who's looking to sell their house and buy another one. Um, and that's an actual owner occupant selling to another owner occupant and keeping it within owner occupancy and mm -hmm. giving those people either some kind of credit or some kind of like, I don't know, something. Um, oh, I thought sellers should have gotten the seller's credit. Something. Like, yeah. Yeah. 100%. So, keep their rate low. That mm -hmm. way they can continue to keep a lower rate and we can incentivize people to actually move up because we need more move up buyers, you know? Uh, right. So yeah. what if they could take, I mean, this is a thought, this is like dreaming. What if they could take their current mortgage rate into the next house? That'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they've already been a proven buyer, right? They're going to pay their mortgage. They've lived in that house for 10 years. What if they could to get to take their rate? That's Take an interesting read. idea. At this point, we're not pre-qualifying people for houses. We're pre-qualifying people for the actual, their situation. Right. A, mor a mortgage is like giving a mortgage to as you as a person. As long as you live in a house, I will give you this interest rate and I will pay, you will pay me this much or something. I don't know. Yeah, we are talking in a lot of land, unfortunately. But I Yeah, know. I know. Dreaming. No, we don't rule the world. <laughs> so uh, Clifton has a question. Is I moved away from buying a Clayton home and found a builder that can give me the same floor plan for $70,000 less. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, manufactured housing has gotten extremely expensive, mostly because they that, like they weren't free from having to pay the increase in, increase in prices for building materials. So they pass that on to the buyers. I will say this though, they were the first ones to actually say once the building materials went back to pri like normal prices, they were like, hey, we can actually drop our prices per square foot because we're able to get our building materials for a little less. I don't know if Clayton did, but um, a good portion of the uh, manufactured home business did that. Yep. What is this hashtag? You have a hashtag Eddie is innocent. What is that? Let's oh, just because I... Let's just say I saw how Eddie's in his how he's he's treated behind the scenes, and I have to say there is a movement, a guerrilla underground movement, if you will, of people who are on Eddie's side and think that you know it's about time that Eddie takes over. You know, it's it, I think it should. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't know. You want to know something really funny about Eddie? Everybody needs to hold Eddie accountable of this. So Eddie just signed up for real estate school. 
Wow. I know. I know. He's going to be a real tour, real tour. So maybe I can even actually have him as a guest. He said, absolutely not. There you go. He said, absolutely not. But uh, Hashtag yeah. make Eddie a realtor again. Come on. <laughs> real tour. Say it right because I get yelled at if real, I say real tour. Real tour. Real, real tour. <laughs> real tour. All right. We got some questions coming in, Eddie. If you can pull those up on the screen, I greatly appreciate it. Eddie is the, uh, he's my husband. But he's also the producer in the background. So he's the one that gets to pull up the questions while, while we sit here and yammer. Eddie's good. Yep. Oh, we missed some questions, Eddie. Eddie, you're, you're skipping the question. <laughs> he's, he's wanting to hit like, here we go. I'm going to, I'm going to do it. Here we go. All right. Question. If tons of affordable homes somehow became available, do you think that investors would buy them before we could? 100%. 1000%. Absolutely. Oh yeah. They're yep. foaming at the mouth for those. Yeah, they were any any chance for them, especially if a good area, they're going to be able to. Yeah, that's that's a problem. Unfortunately, they don't um, mind paying over either. Like if there is something available in a hot area that's in the affordable range, they're like, oh, sign me up, and they will pay over. And yeah. I don't blame this. Like sometimes people are like, well, I, you know what, I just want to make sure that I sell to an owner occupant and not to a, a corporate investor. If somebody came up to me and said, I'm going to buy your house for uh, market value. And I'm going to give you an additional $20,000 to walk away from it. Or you can accept this person with an FHA loan um, that is barely scraping by. I'm sorry. I mean, I love people, but like it's, this is my income. This is my family. I, I don't fault a seller for taking $20,000 extra. I mean, I don't think that's cold hearted. This is, this is people's financial futures, you know? Um, $20,000 is a lot to say, well, you know what? I'd rather give it to the other person. You know, I don't know. I don't blame them. I don't blame them. JK says, uh, what do you think about uh, sub subsidizing builders with taxpayer money to build more, the, uh, more subdivisions at 300K homes? So the, I, I believe in tax incentives. And uh, there's also uh, properties that builders could build on that, that the counties and areas already own Biden administration uh, beginning of almost two years ago was working with a lot of cities uh, for their affordability, um, turning like multifamily areas that are zoned and turning them into um, single family and multifamily uh, housing, you know, that's empty lots, basically. There's always a way to give incentives to make builders do what you want them to do. What do you say, Javi? As long as it's only redeemable by the builder, if it sells to an owner occupant, then it makes sense. Correct. Yeah. Not and not like twenty percent. You know, don't say, oh well, twenty percent can go to investors. No, the whole darn neighborhood has to go to owner occupants. That's what I say. <laughs> Eddie's making things happen. Yes. Are you okay, Javier? Are you good on time? Yeah, I am fine. I'm okay. looking at someone asked a question. I think it's really good. Uh, well, somebody yeah, ten dollars per chat. Eddie has a Eddie Royale has a question. I haven't seen him in a while. Thank you so much for popping in. Nine ninety nine super chat. It says my brother is looking for the first time new build builder in Wells Fargo came back and said needed fifty k more. Take them over uh, four hundred fifty thousand with a seven percent rate. What did they Eddie's do? Saying the appraisal came in fifty thousand above where they are. Wait, no, or they, because if the appraisal comes in above value, then the, that's that's the buyer's benefit. It's not the, the seller's. 
Correct. So that Wells Fargo needed 50K more, and that means it underappraised, right? Yeah, either it underappraised or the builder, like sometimes builders renegotiated contracts. I mean, that happened during the pandemic. Okay. Where well, let's, let's, I think that's the case then. Yeah, we gotta we gotta get some more to this story because the bank can't tell them that they have to pay fifty thousand dollars more for a house unless there was some other reason, like the house didn't appraise for four, appraise for four hundred thousand, and it's short. Looks like Eddie's innocent is catching on, Smallhorn. <laughs> I don't know what he's innocent of, but he's innocent. Yeah. <laughs> and he's a good guy. He's always innocent. Lamar says back. Uh, oh, he's back. He's my commonologist. Lamar is. This is back. I was on the phone. I swear, headhunters are just as bad as the people that want to buy your house and the car warranty people. In the real estate industry, it's the people that are in insurance. They they want our health insurance so bad. We get oh, about yeah. fifty. I've been getting so many messages about uh, like like people sign me up for like uh, like like deals like oh I have this deal in North Carolina would you like them I'm like well I don't even know who you are or they message me are you, do you have any clients looking to and it's obviously they're mass texting all the agents yeah oh do you have any deals or anyone looking to sell cash or something it's so crazy I know I just ignore them Joseph says question do you have any advice or feedback when it comes to buying a condo or duplex as a first time home buyer Javi. Um, first off, there's nothing wrong with buying a condo or a duplex. Congratulations. But you have to be aware of what you're buying. You know that I think a condo, please correct me if I'm wrong, you own the space within the unit and a part of the entire area. Please correct mm -hmm. me if I'm wrong. So be aware that your value might not increase as much as a regular home or a townhome, but no one should take that joy of the fact that you own it away from you. So congratulations and um, know that you know what you're buying into, know what you're owning. And if you're being promised something much greater than that, then have realistic expectations. I think. Um, <laughs> we, don't know, we don't know what he's innocent of, but he's <laughs> right under that comment, Eddie. There was a question from Wes. If you could put it up on the screen. There's a question, Christina, thinking of buying a rental, would you manage or let a management firm handle it? What would you do, Javi? I know I have an answer to this. Depends on your style. If you're if like like if I like me personally, I don't I don't want to deal with that. I don't want to deal with the calls late at night. Um, so I would allow had a management firm handle it. However, if the profits is so tight and it doesn't make sense to hire someone, I would just do it myself. So it's really depending on your personal situation, how busy you are, if you have the patience for it or not, and uh, you know what your profit looks like. I have control issues and those properties. I know your answer. <laughs> yeah. I have, I, the, those properties are, are my investment and I want to babysit them, you know? So I, Eddie and I manage our own properties. There's no way that I would let a management company do it. Cause I've seen some nightmare stories of people that hire management companies and they like, they come back, you know, three years later, you know, cause they've been paying those fees to the management company and they walk into their rental houses because they thought it was being taken care of and everything is like things they had paid for, like painting. And they did like where they painted over the, um, the, the light switches and stuff, you know, and they paid them yep. thousands of dollars and they did a garbage job or a roof being replaced and they paid for a roof being replaced, but only a section of it was replaced. I, yeah. I sometimes, I'm not saying all management companies do this, but a good portion of them have gotten themselves in a lot of trouble because they, they do a really crummy job. And yeah. 
if it's me and my money and my investment, I'm going to manage it. You know, I want to, I want to know what's going on. Um, I, I, I like the fact that my renters can contact my husband or I, whenever there's a problem, they mostly contact Eddie, if I'm going to be honest, but we just like, and we live right down the road from everything that we own. Like there's no, it's not like a thousand miles. I would away. also call Eddie. Not you. <laughs> Yeah, we're we're really nice to our renters too. They 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 get to steal. <laughs> They're paying so under market value. They love us. <laughs> they if you guys have any questions, please make sure you put in the word question and then we'll put it up on the screen here. Like Stephanie has. It says, has the tiny home market increased considerably? Uh, yes. Yeah. So when I started talking about tiny homes in 2019, it was still kind of on the fringe. But more and more people are finding out that you can get a like a decent piece of property in a rural area and have a fantastic life without necessarily being a part of the like the hamster wheel, I guess, of owning. And it's a it is a great way to basically step into the real estate game. You know, um, not everybody just like not everybody is meant to rent or not everybody's going to be suited for building tiny homes. At one point people were saying, oh, that'd be great for the, you know, people on fixed incomes. No, it's not. People that live in tiny homes, a lot of times the the bedrooms are upstairs. Like you're gonna, you're gonna put your 75 year old grandma on a ladder to go to bed at night? No, mm -mm, Christina says no. Um, I still say that small home building needs to come back. You know, it doesn't need to be, uh, you know, a 2000 square foot home. I mean. Our first, my first house was 1500 square feet. And if, even if it was 1200, there was lots of homes around uh, Orlando at one time that were, you know, 1100 or 1200 square feet. And they were perfectly fine. You can have a two bedroom house, you know, like a lot of millennials would be totally tickled to have their own home, even if it was just two bedrooms. I think that they need to bring that kind of floor plan back again. Question, what does it mean when you ask the seller to buy down the interest rate? What does that mean, Javi? Um, so that means you're going to get seller's concessions, which is a fixed amount of money, uh, whether sometimes it's a percentage. So let's say you get 3% on a $500,000 house, that would be about 15000 So those concessions amounts can be used to buy, basically do what you want with them. A lot of times people use them to pay your closing costs. So let's say your closing costs are 10,000. If you got 15,000, there's an additional $5,000 left. So what do you do with it? Well, you can use it as long as your contract says states, which I believe most states do, that you can use it for any costs associated with the closing of the house. So you can have a rate buy down, which is a, basically you're giving the lender a certain amount of money to get a lower rate. You give them whatever $5,000 is worth for them and, and that they'll have a certain number that they buy your rate down for. If you wanted to, I guess you could just apply the entire amount to buy down your rate and then pay your own closing costs out of your pocket. But it's about the same thing if you just do it the way I described it first. So what they say, like six on one side and half a dozen on the other. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same thing. It's the same exactly. Thing. DJ Plast says, when the boys came home from World War II, the government basically covered the loans to build starter homes across the country. This is where the first time homebuyers originate. This is 
1000% true. And did you know that the majority of those homes built for those soldiers when they came back home, they were modular homes. The companies would come through, they basically were pouring the same exact foundation mm. all the way down. They were building about 57 homes a day because they pour the same foundation, the same plumbing all the way down. And then they just come in with the houses and lay it right on top. Those homes are still standing today. One of the most popular ones is in California. And those houses, do you know how much they are today? Do you know how much they are today? 800,000 plus. Uh-huh. Yeah, they're over a million. Over a million. Oh, wow. Yep. Yeah, the cheapest ones were in the high 800s, and but they're averaging around a million, million dollars. I know Wesley. He's a, yep. he's a fellow. He goes on my live stream too. What's up, Wes? Nice to see you, Wesley. He probably jumped on here because he saw you on here. <laughs> I hear that Shaggy's doing a remake. It wasn't me featuring Eddie. <laughs> CE Rose. Yep. It wasn't me. <laughs> V-Man says in Salt Lake City, they're building tiny homes for the less homeless to help out. If each state did this for the first time, home buyers building smaller three bedroom, two bath communities, would this work? It wouldn't hurt. That's for sure. I, I, I'm, it isn't this. It isn't the. All, end all be all solution. There's multiple facets of this problem that need to be solved. But um, anybody, it doesn't matter. And this is always becomes one of those things like, oh, it's only happening in blah, blah kinds of states. It doesn't matter if you're in a blue state. It doesn't matter if you're in a red state. Homelessness has increased across the United States. There's a good portion of people, and I featured this in a video, of people that have jobs. They are working. They are working Americans that get up out of their car because that's the only place they can live. They go into their job to get dressed. They're taking you know, baths within the sink of their job and then going to work. That's a problem. When people can't find anything for them to, to live in and they're working two jobs, that's an issue. That's a real problem. And we have, that's why there's more homelessness across the United States. That's why you're seeing more tent cities. That's why you're seeing overpasses filled with homelessness. We have a problem and, we, and we're not addressing it. Well yep. said, well said. We're not addressing it. And like every time that somebody says, well, that's only happening in blue cities. I'm like, it's happening in, I live in a red state. It's happening in here. It's happening here. You know, like, so that isn't, that isn't a solution. You're just throwing blame around. We need to start, stop like with a, I pick a side and then blame the other. We got to start working together to have some more solutions. Last I check, corporate, the uh, corporations have Republicans and Democrats in their pockets. It's it's, yeah. it's a it's a corporations versus everyday man problem. That's exactly right. You hit it right on the head. It's the the people, the one percent that are like own and run the whole nine yards. When they create all these fights of red and blue against one another, that's on purpose so we don't get together and fight against them. <laughs> They're yeah. a little worried about us getting all on the same page because then then what are they going to do? It's kind of like, you know, they're just sitting there. Let them eat cake. You know, they're sitting there with their in their ivory towers and telling us to go let them eat cake. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know, and we're not talking about mom and pop investors that have a couple of houses. No, we're talking about the, you know, the big corporations like, um, you know, like 
there's Progress a residential, I, yeah, Tricon, uh, you know, no, yeah. you talk about big ones, like I'm talking about individual, like Progress Residential is a massive one. Actually, mm -hmm. are you familiar? Open Door is actually buying properties again, yeah, yeah, they're, they're back, they're back buying properties. There's people, first of all, people are selling to them a lot cheaper, but they're back mm -hmm. and they're starting to make their, their stock went up and they're starting to buy more houses. I mean, yep, give Zillow some time, they're going to be buying houses again too. Yeah, that's why they kept saying, oh, investors are stop buying houses because they want people to say, well, see, they're not buying. So why would we buy? It's, it was all an illusion and smoke and mirrors. <laughs> Gracie says, uh, what do you think of tiny homes and how hard are they you, to insure with a 3, 399 square foot home footage? This is I know this isn't your thing, Hav. Yeah, <laughs> right? Go for it. Go for it. Do your thing. Yeah. Okay. So I love a tiny home. I think they're fantastic. There's two ways you can do a tiny home. Ones that are on foundations and the ones that are on wheels. Um, it doesn't matter if it is on foundation or on wheels, it's going to be very difficult to insure. The only one that I know that does insurance is Lloyd's of London and um, they're expensive. It's very expensive. I I actually have a friend that lives here in the area that and that actually turned a, uh, a shed into a tiny home. She's lived in it for, I don't know, last five years. And uh, she had the hardest time getting insured. She had to let it go. I mean, this woman's on a fixed income. She took our last bit of retirement to build this house for herself. And, um, and she, the insurance is too high. She can't afford it. And it's just a little, it's a little shed house, you know, and it's all up to code. I mean, it has everything in it, but they won't, they won't, it was very difficult for her to get insurance on it. So she let it go. And flood insurance too. Yep. Christina Smallhorn is the princess of real estate analysis. <laughs> Spectacular information, straightforward approach, kind-hearted to people who need to know what to do in times like these. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate you. Question for Javier. Do you see any new developments in your area for senior housing needs? Do you see no. that? Really? I mean, we have we have two main cities in Phoenix. It's called Sun City and Sun City West. That's just retirement communities. So, uh -huh. I mean, I'm sure they're building houses there way far out west, but um, the the new builds are are more focused towards the suckers, which are the first time home buyers. And I mean, suckers, I mean, they're the ones that are actually going. They're signing up for the they're 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 like fighting for them, et cetera. I think uh, our retirement community are a little more like in tune with things. So they'll they won't go overpay for houses because it's brand new. The Our Sun City, we have a lot of 40, 50 year old houses that are are all populated and they are very well taken care of um it's so crazy every time you drive by sun city once again the retirement city they um older hosted houses are so well maintained the kid the grass is cut they take care of their houses really well my parents house is pristine and every time we ever moved out of a house like people are like did anybody ever live there and i'm like oh we only slept there we weren't allowed in the house <laughs> We were like as kids, they were like, we got up in the morning, mom and said, get out of the house. I got to clean it. There was never a speck of dust in my parents' house. And, you know, I just think that's just the way they, they grew up, you know, mom, yeah. you know, mom didn't let anything get dirty. Not ever. <laughs> Christine is not the same. <laughs> yeah, let's, do, let's do a tour of your place. Oh, it's, it's, it's clean. You know, there's no doubt it's clean. It's just messy. I'm not, I'm a, I'm a messy person. I leave stuff on everything. You know, it is clean though. Question. Banks are have 5% interest rates. If you're making high yield in on a bank savings, I say $1,500 a month. Should you use this to rent or to use, or to use the savings to buy? 
by, I would mean losing the interest. So I think what he's asking is okay. right now he has a big chunk of money in the bank. He's making okay. about 1500 money. Should he take it out to buy a house or should he continue to make 1500 a month? This is, I think, the question. Is that okay. what you got? Yeah. I, yeah. Now that you broke it down, because I was kind of lost there for a minute. Thank you. Yeah, I think because he's saying interest rates. I think he's talking about the interest he's making on his, his cash funds. Gotcha. And high yield interest on big savings. Mm -hmm. So he's saying if he should take it out, use the savings to buy, which means losing mm -hmm. that 1500 a month, or should he keep earning? Yeah. What do you, what do you think? <laughs> I asked you first. <laughs> no, it's my show. You have to answer. Uh, <laughs> I'll dance. Um, that's like, uh, dude, honestly, I have, I mean, that's a, such a loaded question. Do you have any other savings other than this chunk of money? Right. How much is this chunk of money? What is your cost of living over there right now? What is, you know, there's just so much more limits. If you, let's just assume you have a, like a, if you have that much money that you're making 1500 a month, which I think we could figure out what it is based off mm -hmm. your interest yield. Uh, but that's going to require some like high end math. I don't think I'll do it. I, I bet I can ask my wife and she'll do it. She's, she's a really like a college, like, She's into really loves math. But anyways, um, uh, there's so much more layers. If you do have a separate one year saving fund that's separate from this, um, $1,500 isn't too great of a return. It's really based off your personal goals. If you have a personal desire to own a property that's not investment field, just your personal, you have that desire, then do it. But know that it's not going to be the best investment. Do it because you want to. Um, you're going to lose out on 1500 a month. You might go down to six, five, six or 500, but you're doing it because you want to do it. Not because of the investment portion of it. That's, yeah. the, that's my best question. Every time somebody asks me something like this is that I, it's very difficult for me to know what your personal financial situation is. You're just giving me one tiny facet of so many different things. The best thing for me to tell you to do is either talk to a lender or talk to a uh, personal uh, are a um, accountant so they can go over your personal finances so they can tell you, you know, like, is this going to meet your goals that like, I just, I can't give you an answer, straight answer on that. Wish okay. <laughs> yeah. It's a great question. It is. If is I it, sign up for the $50 membership, do I get an hour consultation? Does that have to be home ownership or could it be about anything? It can be about anything. Great. Yeah uh dinner recipes for two says yeah how much an average will three points cost be the cost of the house it would depend on that uh yeah so the a point is defined as a percentage of the house price and lenders mm -hmm. get basically a sheet every day where mm -hmm. it says this is the interest rate this is the interest rate like by point 15 percent less mm -hmm. with this is the price this is point 25 less so Every day it's so different. There's no way of knowing how much money that would save you or how much lower your interest would be. So um, you have to get a sheet from a lender, which I think most of them would give you if you ask. Yeah. Yep. They they do. My my good friend, uh, Ryan Louisa, is always up on that. Yep. Um, question. What modular home companies would you recommend in northern Louisiana to build in Monroe and Vicksburg? Uh, in... North, I don't, I honest to God, I'm being completely frank with you. I do not know if any modular home companies in Northern Louisiana, I would, if I were you, um, there's a lot of modular home companies in Texas. Um, 
I would call out to them, find out, you know, like look at their floor plans, see what they have, look at their online recommendations um, and see what they have that they can help you. Now, uh, there is a, a, just email me. Yeah, go ahead and email me. Go to my um, website at christinasmallhorn.com, fill out the um, consultation or referral form and put in the notes section that you were looking for modular home companies in Northern Louisiana. And I'll, 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 I'll email you back because I, I just can't think of anybody right at the top of my head, but I will. Oh, look, Javier decided to be a new member. <laughs> Thank you, Javi, because you used to be, Javier used to be a member. But I just like stopped it like a month ago, two months yeah, ago. Yeah, he broke up with me. <laughs> that was just two months ago. I was paying you forever. <laughs> he broke up with me. <laughs> oh, God. Whatever, I... No, he's not well, let's not turn this around. Let's not turn this away from the amount of the amount of pain that you cause Eddie. Because I heard how he gets treated. <laughs> and she was like, "This tea is too cold," and she threw it at him. Oh yeah, that's, that. that was like no wire hangers, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know like I asked this I have... to be 80, 98 <laughs> degrees, and this is at least ninety two. Get this, give me it. And he was like, "Yes, yeah. sorry." Yeah. With my big mug, you didn't give yeah. me the big enough mug. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right somebody has a question it says should i rent a home or buy a 40 foot rv oh that that depends on what you're again that's a what do you want to do what do you want to do that's, like do yeah, you want to travel the whole united states or do you want to stay put you know i i couldn't do it I saw my parents, my parents did that years ago. So they bought uh, an RV and they decided they were going to travel the world. They were going to do it for years. And about a year and a couple months later, they were like, you know what? I think it's time for us to go back and buy a house. <laughs> they had enough of each other. <laughs> everyone has that idea until it's just like anything. Like everyone always has, oh, let's do this. Let's do that. And then they do it. And they're like, uh, let's go back. Yeah. That was the grass. Wild. The grass is always greener on the other side. Yeah, until you find out that's all full of weeds. It may have been green, but it was weeds. <laughs> Question, is there any time uh, anywhere in Phoenix that there are new build rentals or small home sales? Uh, small new home sales or new build rentals? There's new build rentals, I believe, all over. Every major city has them now. You just have yeah. to kind of drive around. Small mm -hmm. new home sales, I mean, they all. every builder has a... a so there's this great website... Um, I don't remember the name of it. I'll look it up that basically you can just look up and start like narrowing down where, which builders you like based off what price point. Mm -hmm. So I would just suggest using that as a tool. Um, I'm looking it up right now. It's like new property home source or something like that. Um, yeah. And isn't one of the builder rents that are really big there is like Christopher or something. Christopher. That's, that's one of them. There's a bunch of them, honestly. Yeah. That, but that one's really popular. They've built a few Christopher Morris, maybe Christopher. Yeah. This, yeah sounds right. Yeah newhomesourceprofessional.com try that and mm -hmm. it's literally you can go and make a new home build a new home search and find find the builders that fit your need not sponsored what's y'all's forcing uh, housing forecast for 2024 I, I wish i had a crystal wait i do have a crystal ball <laughs> i bought a house in november last year and although zilla's estimates suggest that i appreciated two two to three percent recent comps say it's depreciated four to five percent stop stop looking at future zillow. yeah don't don't look at zillow 
Zillow is not a good indication of what what's really going on in your market. And even though you're saying that the comps in your area have dropped or depreciated, that may not be even a true reflection unless you are a real estate agent and you can pull up the exact comps or your appraiser that can pull up exact comps. I wouldn't I wouldn't put too much into that. I would even if if you are not even thinking about selling your house or you're not even thinking about buying a house stop looking at all that stuff because all you're going to do is make yourself sick because like it's kind of like looking at a stock market you bought a stock for a dollar and then one day they're like your stock is at 50 percent less and you're like oh my gosh well you didn't miss that dollar in the first place right yeah then 10 years down the road that dollar that you invested in the stock market is now worth a hundred dollars and you're like thank god i didn't sell that stock when it went down 50 percent. you know well, yeah. Well, it's not even the example. It's like they thought about making a dollar. They thought they even like they put an imaginary dollar in and they're tracking right. that. It's it's but you're looking at your real estate as a financial investment. And the reality is it's no longer a solid investment. Get that through your guys's heads. Real estate is not a massive, easy investment anymore. It's going to be difficult, long process. So the reason you're buying a house should not be based off of investment purposes. It's now a like a personal decision that you're making for yourself and your family. I want to own because I don't want a landlord. I want to own because I want a piece of property in the United States of America to belong to me. That's the main motivation of buying now. It is no longer, oh, if I buy this, I sell this in 10 years, I can make 100K. Or I can turn this into a rental, make some money, invest the... Like we got to, it's going to take a long time because it's been so easy to make money off real estate forever. I think it's going to take people time to process that. I was just giving an example, Johnny. I know a stock for a dollar, a lot of lots. I, I was, there's a I lot, was, there's a lot of stocks for a dollar. There's penny stocks out there. You can yeah. get a stock for a penny. <laughs> Stephanie says, what, uh, what is Miami doing right now? They haven't, uh, they have reduced their, their homeless to tw 250 people. Last I heard they were like, um, uh, they need housing and they need it now. Miami-Dade awarded $21 million in federal grant to fight homelessness. Well, there you go. That's what they're doing. <laughs> they got federal money. <laughs> yep. If we don't find, find permanent housing we, uh, that we own, we can't move people out, into, out of the shelters and out of the streets. Currently, there's an estimated 1,056 unsheltered homeless people in Miami and about 2,000 400 living in shelters. So yeah, I, I, I don't know. Who knows? I, I don't know. Even, I mean, you can't even really trust like, I don't know. It's just like, you have to go visually look like 250 people. I don't know. I feel like I would, I feel like that's kind of crazy, right? Only 250 people are homeless. Yeah. The entire Miami. Um, Miami is a massive city. Yeah. You know, anytime when, whenever these how like I would always be cautious uh, whenever people start talking uh, in the affordable housing sector, um, I've you know I've been around for a, a little while and I've heard a lot of people talk and m a good portion of the people that are talking about you know doing all these things to help with the affordability issue and help the homelessness are the same people that caused the problem in the first place. It's the call is coming from inside the house. And so maybe we shouldn't be listening to the people that say they have the solutions for this kind of thing, because usually they're the ones that have been stopping it from all that happening all these years. Um, yeah. So, all right. Living in Omaha says, are either of you going to Vid Summit this year? Will you be at Vid Summit this year, uh, Javier? I will be at Vid Summit with Smallhorn. I will be there. I'm always there. <laughs> I'm always there. Are the tickets already out? Yeah, you can probably. Yeah, they've been out since last year. 
Yep. Ooh. And it'll be in October, October I believe, beginning of October. All right, everybody, listen, we are at one hour and 15 minutes. We're going to go ahead and tie this up. I'm just going to tell you guys, if you need me and you need to get hold of me, just go to my website at christinasmallhorn.com. Go ahead and hit one of those pink buttons and fill out the referral form and make sure you leave your phone number in order for me to get a hold of you. I have to be able to call you and talk to you on the phone. That's my favorite thing to do is just flap my lips and talk, <laughs> you know, and I'm there to listen too. So go ahead and fill out that referral form. I'll get you a real estate agent in your area. If you uh, want to listen to this uh, afterwards, we I actually have a podcast now. I've been telling everybody about that. Make sure you go and give me a little five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, anywhere you get your podcast, I am there. I appreciate every single one of you. And I appreciate you, Javier, for coming in here. If anybody wants to get a hold of you, how can they do that, my friend? You know what? I do I do lives once or twice a week as well. So just head over there, hit subscribe, and, and you'll be notified when I go live. And then, um, yeah. And then we'll chat in our lives, just like you guys do here. Yeah, look at that. Look at that. Javier, it's right there. I'm glad he's he's back in the saddle again. I'm glad to see you. Look at the thumb. Look at that. Look at how attractive I look in that sixth thumbnail. That's a, that's totally natural, by the way. My chin is actually that way. Yeah. Yeah. Look at that. The defined chin. That's a chin right there. You're you're amazing. And don't forget. <laughs> Eddie is innocent. Whatever it is being, he is completely innocent. And I think Eddie, I, just, just let him go. I've seen him the way he gets treated. And I think we need justice. I need justice for Eddie is, I think is the right one. Hashtag yeah, justice for Eddie. Yeah, Eddie will tell you how incredibly mistreated he is on a regular basis. <laughs> he's, he, he's in a house of three women, you know? Oh, <laughs> yeah. So anyways, thank you so much, Javier. I appreciate you coming out here. I, see you guys. I, great to see you again. Thank you. Thank you everybody for popping in. And thank you so much to our moderators who always have kept this moderation great. We never have any weirdness going on in the comment section. And I also want to thank all of our super chatters today to help support the channel. I'm always very grateful to every single one of you. Thank you so much. Bye everybody. You're going to sing? You're going to sing? Am I, am I done already? Oh, it's still live? Yeah, oh. we're still live. You got to dance. Oh, you going to do that? you going to do a little... Uh, Could be